Steve Stanger is headed to prison after pleading guilty to corruption charges. But there's more to the Democratic official's story than his fall from grace. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum and Joe Manis join me to look back at Stanger's tenure and demise. This is Politically Speaking, the longest-running episodic podcast about Missouri politics. It's a little complicated in Bolivar because there is a Parsons family there. But we also knew that it was important to make sure that, that we got to where we needed to go. You know if you walk in a room and you're getting ready to make a decision and everybody in the room looks like you, you need to stop. And right now what happens in the United States Senate is as critical as anywhere else in the country. I really want the state to succeed. We want everybody to uh, know that we're all working together. I just worked hard to try to build my name where I didn't have the money. Hi, this is Julie O'Donohue. Welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your host, and I'm here in studio with... Semi-retired political reporter Joe Manis. And... Jason Rosenbaum, who, political. who is not so I'm still active, but I'm fully retired. I'm, I mean, fully employed. I'm fully employed. I, we're very excited to have Joe uh, back in the studio with us, or at least I am, because this is my first time doing well, a podcast. You may regret it after a couple Joe. minutes. <laughs> so why, um, why did we bring Joe back, Julie? <laughs> we are here to talk about Steve Stanger. Now that the former St. Louis County executive has been uh, sentenced and is on his way to prison in September once his uh, third child is born. We're here to talk a little bit about his political career and, you know, personally I have some curiosity about how much people saw this coming. I don't think people are that surprised just because people had accused Stanger of of pay-to-play, which we'll get into in a minute. I think the surprise was how brazen he was with it because I think we all just assume that even if he was committing crimes, he wouldn't have, like, telegraphed it so brazenly. Well, I think that early on, okay, let's go back to Stinger's past, uh, where he, I mean, the guy is a lawyer and an accountant. He literally sang his way through law school. He paid for law school by being part of a singing group. Um, He had been a member of the as a county councilman from um, South St. Louis County, which is kind of a swing area. So his reputation at that time was as sort of a conservative Democrat, which there aren't that many of them. And he also was um, very assertive in challenging then County Executive Charlie Dooley um, on some issues and actually became to prominence, in my view, uh, I mean, he had been causing Dooley, he was disagreeing with Dooley about the budget and some other things, different things, but what really came into focus, and Jason wrote a lot about it, was this big furor over the county parks, where um, this was, what, 2011? 2011. Yeah, where Dooley proposed to, his administration proposed to close um, or curtail some of the county parks because of budget issues. And that was a big furor in the county because people love their parks. And St. Louis County, had no one had really seen it as having financial problems like they do in the city of St. Louis. Well, Stanger rode that pony, really, I think, all the, for the next couple of years. He became like the hero of trying to protect the parks. Um, he was big on trying to improve the animal shelter. He was doing all these things to try to um, really p- 
put a big coalition together. I'm curious about when, when he was on the county council and before he was county executive, if some of this bullying behavior um, that he's been accused of sort of, um, I mean, I guess it's mostly the bullying, if that was like apparent uh, in any of his personality traits, um, or if it just seemed like he was kind of a tough, ambitious, aggressive person. Well, as a reporter, I would say more, I mean, my impression was he was more tough and aggressive. I didn't see him as particularly bullying then. Mm-hmm. But the other people, Jason, may others may have a different view on that point. I think that he was trying to be the voice of opposition. And I think in any legislative body, when you're the voice of opposition, you kind of come off as aggressive and to some extent bullying. The current governor of Louisiana was the minority leader in the right. House. I'm sure that that was his role, even if he wasn't like a mean person, was to talk about how bad the Jindal administration was. Right. right. So that was Stanger's role when he had this bipartisan coalition in 2012 and 2013, 2014. I think where it then began to manifest itself more was when he was first, uh, after he won the Democratic nomination, this is 2014, I think he had a vision on how he was going to run county government and he was going to be delegating some things. He wasn't going to, except he was going to run more of it and not have a chief. Remember for a while he was saying he wasn't going to have a chief of staff. Things kind of sort of blew up because just days after the primary, Michael the, the Michael Brown death occurred. And that, I think, changed a lot of things. Oh, I, wouldn't you agree, Jason? I, I would think so. We actually had Mike Jones on the podcast in 2015, and I, I think he explained it best, and I'm going to play this right okay, now. For, just so for our listeners, Mike Jones is a former St. Louis um, alderman who later became uh, like the chief advisor to Charlie Dooley. And uh, uh, Jones is, is terrific at kind of analyzing what's going on in politics. The manner in which Dooley was treated was disrespectful to him, but by extension disrespectful to the entire black political class and black political community, because black politicians lose races every day to white politicians, okay? And in a city or a county that's uh, 75% white, I mean, you can't even say that was unusual. You couldn't even say uh, that race was particularly the driver when he had been in one job three times. Right. You, you could say that, that, that the time just ran out. But the whole tone and texture, uh, I'd say starting with the Post-Dispatch editorial approach and just reinforced, seemed to be fundamentally disrespectful And I kind of want to give a sense to our listeners what he was talking about. One of the big elements of Stanger's campaign against Dooley was pointing out different aspects of of supposed corruption within his administration. Well, and he did have some aides or advisors, and these were not like just African-Americans. I mean, these were African-American and white. We can remember John John Temperiti, who uh, was a key advisor and money raiser, uh, who formerly had been active in city politics. I mean, Dooley had a lot of powerful or influential Democrats who had been helping him, and some had checkered reputations. And Stanger tried to take advantage of that by basically saying, elect me, 
I'm going to clean up county government. I, I'm going to be the new sheriff in town and all that. Right. Police commissioner receives an HVAC contract on a police crime lab. And the conflict of interest is just fairly obvious. And it's either the result of some type of incompetence or some kind of a lack of acknowledgement that transparent government and government that's accountable is very important to taxpayers in St. Louis County and very important to residents of St. Louis County. And having confidence in your local government is, is you know, it's the cornerstone of government. And Would so, it have been possible since it was a, not to get too much in the weeds, but this was a subcontract that was given by a, a main contractor. Would there have been any way that the county could have intervened and said to that contractor, you can't do this, this is a conflict of interest? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, it would have been a, a, a direct order from the county executive that that cannot happen because it's in direct violation of the charter. That was from 2013, by the way, and it's reeking with irony given that <laughs> Stanger is going to jail for steering contracts to his political donors. What I meant by bullying, I, I understand he's had a pretty fraught relationship with the African-American community, but what I meant, or what stuck out to me, is things like trying or at least talking about getting Sam Page fired from the hospital he works with, uh, he works at, uh, like dismissing county employees that he doesn't agree with, reworking things so that he can have sign off on basically every county employee that's hired. Um, that stuff strikes me as like what I think of as Chicago style politics. Well, some of it, and I'm not justifying it, but some of it is, I mean, the county executive, whoever it is, yeah. has a, a lot of power. Right. And uh, we've had only a handful of county executives during St. Louis County's tenure. Uh, frankly, the first few were Republicans, and they were also very much muscular, controlling everything. I mean, Gene McNary, who was county executive for, I think, roughly 15 years, was very muscular about that, and so was Westfall when it changed parties. So some of that, I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying that that wouldn't be something that would raise alarm bells among um some county residents who are basically interested in making sure their trash is picked up, that the streets are clean, and the fact that we have so many municipalities, um, a lot of people turn to their local governments, and so the county is just kind of out there floating over them. So I could see where some of that, it wouldn't get as much attention, let's say, as the mayor of St. Louis. I mean, I'm not saying that Cruson does that, but the point is people are always paying attention to how the mayor of St. Louis acts, whoever it is. Well, I have one example, and that is when there was an instance that Stanger wanted to create an ice rink for the St. Louis Blues at Creepcore Park, which had been approved by the council, by the way. But after Stanger had lost control of the council, like they wanted to revisit it, the council that is. Well, part of it's because Page claimed they had been lied to about stuff. And this was the very public confrontation between the two. Well, I, it is a mis- But I know the dog ate your homework, and it the sun was in your eyes, so you have a hard time. Hey, look, we have 
to take ownership of what we've done. You voted for it. You were the proponent of it, and the council approved it unanimously. Who are you trying to fool Mr. here, Mr. County? Who are you trying to fool? There were Mr. no hearings. Chairman, there, there were, were no hearings. hearings. You had a public vote to two vote. times. You had a public vote Second, two times and offered speakers the opportunity to speak. To disclose the restricted use of the land Absolutely. prior to the as vote. It, as it was, as everything else was disclosed. Okay. Yes. Right. Okay. So. And you were fooled again. Right. I guess you were fooled again. Just like you were fooled four other times you this year. You were fooled about the auditor. You were fooled. Chairman. That was pretty embarrassing. And in retrospect, Stanger looks really petulant and immature, even though I think he has the right to be frustrated given that. On like, that particular issue. Because the council basically reversed course after approving it. That's just not the way you act when you run into controversy like that. So can you all explain why the relationship with Stanger, who had been on the council and the council deteriorated so quickly after he was elected? Well, once he came into office, uh, Stanger quickly ran into trouble with other fellow Democrats who who were on the council still or newly elected who on various issues because they would want information on things and they would claim that his administration wasn't giving them the information they needed. In fact, uh, here's Hazel Irby talking about that. We don't get any cooperation. When that legislation comes down, no one talks to us. It was unheard of in the prior administration that legislation came down for us to vote on and no one came and explained it to us or why it was necessary you know, we can read. Yes, we can read. But tell us why you're doing this. Tell us what's hidden, you know, hidden in there. Tell us what what it means. We don't get that anymore. Yeah, I mean, that started happening. And there was a feeling that, um, as I said, county executives have power anyway. But it seems like Stanger, who, when he was on the council and even when he was running, I mean, he was very assertive and uh, ambitious, obviously, but he could use a charm offensive. I mean, you know, he was always really nice to reporters and that sort of thing. With the council, once he was in office, became more of a don't question my decision thing. And that became repeated on a number of issues. And in some cases, they weren't even big ones, but then it would create a lot of animosity. So then when a, something big did come up, there was already suspicion about him. Well, there. To take it a little bit more specifically, when he was inaugurated in 2015, six of the seven council members were were aligned with him, except for Irby. And that included the two Republicans on the council. And then over time, the Republicans like split with him, I think, on on a couple of issues. One was like uh, increasing legislation for increasing regulations for landlords that caused a split and also uh, standards for police departments also caused a split with Republicans and Irby as well. And then what ended up happening was Ernie Trachis won uh, the South County seat that Stanger used to yes. serve in. and Trachis is a Republican. And so that, that added another Stanger adversary. Rochelle Walton Gray knocked off Mike O'Mara, who was probably Stanger's biggest ally on the council. Yeah, and Rochelle's a Democrat, as was, yeah. And then um, Page turned against him after the 2016 election cycle, even though Page had also been an ally of Stanger. So by the time 2017 rolled along, the only ally left for Stanger was Pat Dolan, who was the fifth district councilman. And he eventually was ousted by Lisa Clancy after 2018. 
So going into 2019, he had zero allies through a combination of just falling out and just people losing elections. Yeah, I did a story on this uh, early, I think it was late 2017, early 2018, and uh, I interviewed every member of the council and um, even the Republicans who often agreed with him on the issues were just so frustrated by the lack of communication. I mean, Wassinger, Wassinger had been encouraged by fellow Republicans to actually run for county executive in 2018. And there, and frankly, some people, including myself, I'm just looking at it strategically, she might have had a decent chance if she had run. Um, so I think that he was in hostile territory and and amidst all this, their questions then began arising about his uh, donors, about people who were getting county business. Now, again, I want to say that it's not unusual, whoever is county executive, for some of their allies to end up with county business. And I'm not justifying it, but I'm just saying that happens. But in his case there seemed to be already rumblings that county procedures weren't being followed, that these pay-to-play accusations were starting to bubble up, and it was unclear how much was just rancor over the uh, already tense uh, relations with the council or if there was something more to it. I think that actually the pay-to-play accusations came up during the 2018 campaign, and Mark Montavani, who Well, ran they a- did because, because of this. He redeveloped or pushed to redevelop Northwest Ma- Plaza, yeah, Northwest Plaza, which is just off Lindbergh and North County. Now, I mean, in North Central County. And what's interesting is that actually uh, the residents of St. Anne, where the plaza is, a lot of the leaders there were actually very happy with how things have improved there. And But the some of the members of the council, including Page, while were kind of raising questions about how his allies got these contracts and all this, which has basically led to where we are today. But my point being is that even some of his critics like Hazel Irby and Rochelle Walton Gray were trying to be careful about how they challenged him because they were pleased with the development. Okay, with that as a backdrop, that did become an issue during the 2018 campaign. Here's Mark Montavani talking with us on a Politically Speaking that year. I know this. If it's demonstrable that the leases in Northwest Plaza were a consequence of illegal activity, bribery, and the like, I believe those leases are voidable. You can't profit from illegal activity. Is that what you're alleging? Do you think that the county executive took bribes for that to happen? I clearly believe there's a pay for play, uh, pay pay for play uh, relationship here. Absolutely, I do. Yeah, you don't. You think that three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars? I'm not just saying you don't, but that's a serious allegation. And I, mean, I want. So, do you I, I think, think that the uh, circuit attorney Bob McCullough should be investigating? Or prosecutor Bob McCullough? Pro- yeah, prosecutor. I apologize, prosecutor Bob McCullough. Of course, this should be investigated. Of course, I mean it, it's written about. Uh, it's talked about. Uh, everybody in the community talks about this. People laugh about it. They call it the Glarner Mall. Uh, of course this should be investigated. I have no doubt about that. Now, just to make it clear, Stanger was not convicted for that particular situation. He was convicted because he steered a sham marketing contract as well as tried to steer insurance contracts and a land deals to John Rallo. 
But that was clearly one of the things he was accused of when he was accused of pay to play. One thing I want to make clear to our listeners, I mean, Montavani, who was his Democratic rival in 2018, was a businessman. Uh, there was accusations against Montavani from Stinger and others that he was really a Republican. Uh, I think that if, let's say, um, County, Jake, County Jake. Assessor Jake Zimmerman had challenged him, uh, Zimmerman opted not to because he didn't want to split the vote. But uh, if, 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 if some Democrat who was respected within the party had challenged Stinger in 2018, Stanger might actually have gotten knocked off despite the strong union support that he had. I want to play a clip from Stanger's recent 2019 appearance on St. Louis on the Air to give a sense to the listeners how he responded to these pay-to-play allegations. I just finished an election year. I won my last election by 20 points. Um, And the first election that we had, the Democratic primary, was a very contentious election. And so arguments like that are made, you know, and, the, you know, the, the, the contract that you're referring to was a quite literally we're in 2019 mm-hmm. and we're still talking about a 2016 contract that was one contract of hundreds that were let by the Economic Development Partnership. And it was let through um, a request for a proposal process, all consistent with the internal processes. And, and look, everyone's had an opportunity to look at this and examine it every way that, that it can be examined. And, you know, of course, nothing's come of that or any of the other allegations that have ever been made because, frankly, there's just nothing to them. I want to go back a little bit to uh, his relationship, I guess, with the council and, and, frankly, with other people. I think Joe kind of mentioned this, you know, I, I'm not saying that a lot of politicians do illegal things, but it's certainly not unusual for people's supporters to get uh, some business, uh, you know, yeah. of government, you know, like that, that, you know, a lot, a lot of times people who are getting government business line up with donors. That's, that's not always that unusual. Um, I guess I'm, I'm a little confused about whether you think the communication with the council was so poor because we know maybe he wasn't in the office very much or whether he was trying to like exert control. Well, I think, I mean, in my personal opinion, uh, for whatever reason, um, I think after once uh, more of his enemies, or, or let's put it this way, more members of the county council became his political enemies. I mean, Stanger never went rarely went to council meetings although sometimes he was around so you could uh actually i interviewed him several times after council meetings you know to get his reaction to something that happened um he wanted to avoid the confrontations like what jason recently played but i think that um you had a sense that he wasn't as engaged which actually surprised me because when he ran for office and and was pushing way back in 2013 and 2014. He seemed to be driven towards being county executive. And it seemed like, what, 2017 on, he didn't seem to, I mean, he did run for reelection, but she had a sense that his heart wasn't in it. Well, here is Stanger again on St. Louis on the Air talking about that exact issue Joe was just talking about. You know, I do my very best to, to make it when I can, but once again, I don't vote, yeah. and there really isn't much I do at those meetings. And it's not a meeting where there's usually um, debate 
or I should say even in some cases legitimate debate. It's more, you know, it's at times there's a bit of a circus atmosphere. Well, it's causing people to ask if uh, you can't get along with a council of seven members, uh, how would you get along with a council of 33 as this super mayor under the Better Together proposal? Yeah, and I would tell you that uh, this may seem counterintuitive, but but it's it's perhaps not. Um, it, it's, it's more difficult to get along with seven people who have, uh, in some cases, not all seven, by the way, but in some cases who have political axes to grind uh, than it is to, you know, to work with 33 individuals where there is, you know, much more diversity of views and, um, you know, perhaps political persuasion. Yeah, he was answering a question that, that Don Marsh had asked about uh, why he wasn't at county council meetings. Right. And um, and I think it's important to say that the county council members uh, recently, a letter was released and they said that they felt like he wasn't in the office very often, that he was arriving late, that he was playing video games in the office. I mean, I don't know where they're getting all that information, but um, Steve Stenger is out. We have a relatively new county executive, Dr. Sam Page, uh, who was a is it fair to say a nemesis of Steve Stanger yes, at the yes. end? Absolutely. Um, and they appear to have pretty different demeanors. What do you all think? Can you all explain the differences between the two? How they? I, I'm talking more about how they handle themselves uh, in the position. Well, one is one thing that I think is a big difference is Steve Stanger went from being a councilman to county executive, and he had relatively little political experience compared to Page. Page has been a Creepcore city councilman. He was a state representative. He ran for statewide office and almost won. He ran for state senate and lost pretty overwhelmingly. And then he transitioned back into county government. All the while, he is an anesthesiologist who had like another like life to him besides being in politics. I should also add that similarly to Stanger, Page came from pretty modest upbringing in south, southern Missouri? So we had, uh, you know, we had, you know, reduced price lunches, but there were certainly folks that were worse off than we were. I mean, I think rural Missouri is, has just as much poverty as, uh, as some of our urban areas. And it's interesting to see the Medicaid expansion debate, um, you know, not, re not entirely reflect that. But I, I knew folks personally that were much worse off than my family and uh, folks that were much better, but uh, we had a lot of extended family members, cousins and grandparents, and, you know, everybody made sure that you had enough to eat and you had clothes. And, um, you know, one thing that helped me and that I hope will help the younger folks in St. Louis County is that I was able to um, get a good education, and I was lucky that my mom was a teacher and she impressed that upon us. You know, I went to the University of Missouri on a full ride and eventually went to medical school, and, and I've been lucky. Where I think that they're different is that Paige, I think, is used to the give and take in politics, and I don't think takes things super personally, at least outwardly. Um, I do know that he can be very competitive and has clearly been seeking to make a mark in politics for a long time. Um, and there are some people that really like him, and there are some people, because of some of the campaigns he's run in the past, don't. But yeah, I mean, because it's, it's, it's funny. Page has his own set of 
Democratic, I wouldn't know if it's say enemies, but people who are critical. And many of them are women lawmakers from in, in the county who were upset with him for um, uh, the way he ran his state Senate primary contest against Barbara Frazier. And this, this, is, this goes way back. So my point is, is that he also has to deal with a little bit of that. On the other hand, I think he... Because of his high um, office at the hospital, he's used to ma- he has a management style. He's used to managing a lot of people, which I think gives him uh, a leg up over Singer in that now Page is running county government. He's used to dealing with a lot of different department heads, having to deal with all that. He also is very mindful of trying to restore the an, image of integrity that the county government long had. So I think from, I, I think the, the the questions that many Democrats have about Page is whether or not he will um, decide to actually run for the job, uh, which will mean for him a big hit in income, uh, if he feels that the running this office is more important to him, and um, whether or not Republicans try to come up with a real candidate with with a real candidate to challenge or do they decide to back off i mean tim fitch who is the former police chief who was on the county council um fitch has told us on a podcast he wouldn't do it because he's making so much money in his private security practice and you know like colleen wassinger is a possibility but i think the fact that she didn't do it in 2018 makes it unlikely she'll do it in 2020 especially since she would have to probably spend a lot of her family's personal money to do it. Well, but- yeah, and her husband, you know, had lost a race for state auditor. But I think that um, also, though, she got along fairly well with Paige, as did some others during Paige's uh, multi-year tenure as head of the county council. So I think that it's going to be interesting how he uses the goodwill that he right now has from some council members in both parties. Um, how he uses the goodwill that he has with many African-American politicians who don't necessarily know him well, but are willing to give him a chance, seeing how this goes. Uh, But again, he does have, there's some uh, Democrats, notably women lawmakers in St. Louis County, some of them, who are still wary. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I would say um, my I am obviously very new to all of this, but I was struck. So I did read through his 100-day report, and I was struck <laughs> by the fact that two things he was emphasizing was, um, one, to Joe's point, trying to talk about how he's trying to restore uh, confidence in county government, uh, make the county employees feel better, you know, that type of thing. Remember, this is mostly a political document, let's be honest. And the other one is there's a lot of time spent on transparency measures. So I'm recording, you know, I'm going to all the county council meetings. I'm recording my report to the county council. The county council is now going to be live, meetings are going to be live streamed. (laughs) Uh, So, I I mean, there's clearly some, you know, some PR, uh, if you will, although there's some substantive, like there's an effort to try to look like, I'm being transparent and I care about the county employees in a way that Steve Stinger doesn't. Well, I think, you know, Paige really does want to reinforce his image, some of which is definitely valid. 
mm-hmm. you know, about him while he was chairman, was trying to get more transparency, trying to get more facts on issues. Um, yeah, and I, as as a journalist, I will say that Page was always um, receptive as far as interviews, even you know, on the fly, right after the council meetings, and um, so I think he. It's going to be interesting to see how he goes forward. He's hired a number of former journalists for different posts, which may or may not be a good thing. And, and I'll be interested to see how he deals with conflict. Like right now, I think everyone is is giving him a chance. I would be interested to see how she, he deals with that compared to Stanger, basically. It's a question of how do you handle your differences. If you disagree with someone, do you lash out, you call them names, and do you try to insult them, or do you sit down and, and have a conversation about where the common ground is. And uh, for nearly all of the first term of this county executive, if if you didn't agree with him, then, uh, you know, his job was to, or he felt like his job was to try and uh, um, attack and humiliate and, and uh, you know, all the sort of things that you don't see in, um, in rare circumstances, except at the national level, you don't see that in, in most um, systems of governance. Yes, yes. So I, mean, I think a lot of people within the party are going to be watching him. Uh, again, because it's not like he's been, uh, I mean, he's had, you know, various political history over the last 10 years. So, um, and he is an intellectual, and um, I mean, he has a different, his personality is a bit different than Singer's, but there's no perception, at, I've never gotten the perception that he's a bully. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, he tries to use other ways to get his point across. And so I think it's going to be interesting going forward to see um, how Page reshapes county government in his image and uh, tries to alleviate the suspicions that were left and the bad taste that were left by Stinger's shocking drop, you know, in, in grace. And now he's headed to prison. When you played that county council clip, that sounded like a totally different body. Like <laughs> the county council, the three meetings I've been to, it's mostly like kumbaya, you know. Well, I'll, I'll be interested to see if we do a page retrospective podcast, whether we're playing a similar skirmish <laughs> between him and someone else. I don't, for, I think Paige would handle it differently. Well, thanks, Joe and Jason, for coming here to talk about uh, Steve Stanger, The Rise and Fall. Um, and for all of our stories, please visit stlpublicradio.org. And my name's Julie O'Donoghue. My Twitter handle's J.S. O'Donoghue. You can, Joe? Oh, Joe? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I still am active on Twitter, and that's at J. Manis. That's J-M-A-N-N-I-E-S. You can follow me at J. Rosenbaum. Yeah, and we hope to have Joe in much more often. Sorry about that. <laughs> See you later, folks. Please